Isaiah 41, 13 says, I am the Lord your God. I take hold of your right hand. I say to you, do not be afraid. I will help you. And we need to remember that, that Christ went to the cross to help us through this life. To He died for us, set the stage for relationship. And, and God's wanting to do a great work in your life today. Uh, you want God to do your work, the work in your life tonight? Just flip your hand up. Do you want God to do a work in your life because the Holy Spirit's here? Kevin's anointed. And, and it's up to you whether you want to receive. Because God's promised to move. His word doesn't come back void. Uh, I share this with you tonight. I got a, uh, before I come up here, I was told that some missionaries that we help in Burma, uh, but I think I talked to you a couple weeks ago that they, a coup had taken over, the military had taken over. Well, today shots were fired and people were killed and within the last few hours. And so, you know, that's the other side of things. Uh, a lot of times we don't realize how good we have it. Uh, the, they were telling me that the, this happened outside of where the overstreets worked and people were shot and killed just today. And so uh, we need to remember that. That's why it, it really bugs me sometimes to, to when I see empty seats because you go overseas, there's not empty seats. And, and I think we take God for granted so much. But, hey, God wants to touch our life. You are here tonight. You're here online tonight. You want God to touch your life, and we believe you will. And so, Father, we come to you tonight in Jesus' name, and we ask you that you move across every life in this room. Father, that you move across every life that's online or listening outside. And, Father, we lift up especially tonight those that are being persecuted Father, those that have been murdered just in the last few hours, Lord, we lift these people, these countries, these nations to you. And, Lord, we pray for an outpouring of your Holy Ghost. Father, we pray for an outpouring of your Holy Ghost in this service tonight. Father, uh, online across this nation as well. Father, we need you. And, Lord, help us to realize how much we need you tonight. But, Father, I want to thank you for this time, this opportunity to, to break open the Word and just be in your presence and experience you tonight, Lord. And we're looking forward to what you're going to do through our brother Kevin tonight, the anointing and that's upon the Word and in his life. And we thank you for him tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Kevin, come on up. Uh, I'm going to brag a little bit. Kevin was one that was that came out of this crowd, one of many that God called into the ministry. And anyway, he used to be in Oakton night and used to be part of this group and God called him to other places. And I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to steal anything that maybe God's putting on his heart. But I am kind of upset with him. He's always trying to make me look bad. He's up here in a suit and tie and making me look bad again. But but I love you anyway, brother. Yeah. But, but have a blessed night. Yeah, God's with you. Thank you. As Kent said, uh, I was a big part of Oakton, and I feel like this will always be my home. And when I have uh, big decisions to make in my life, or I'm seeking the Lord about something, I always try to drive through here. And first thing I look, I look at the wall around back, make sure it's still up, because my brother and I built that wall back there, you know. And it's still up, thank goodness. And then I really seek the Lord, because... Uh, this is where it all started. This is where it all happened at. And I'll get a little bit more into that later. But tonight I'm going to be in 2 Kings chapter 13. 
I'll give you a chance to turn there. I believe it will be on the overhead here too. Turn to your neighbor here tonight and say, God's going to do something. Mm-hmm. I'm going the wrong way in my Bible. Here we go. Very interesting scripture. I remember, uh, you know, I've read across the scripture many times. And just in the last few weeks, I have uh, was really seeking for the Lord from the word from the Lord when I when Ken asked me to be here. And kind of landed here and I read through that. And as one of the scriptures, you have to just really read it and soak in it and dwell on it and wrestle with it. And, uh, and I think the Lord revealed a lot of things to me through this scripture. And so I'm going to, I'm going to start with second Kings chapter 13. I'm going to start with verse 14. Now Elisha was suffering from an illness from which he died. Jehoash, king of Israel, went down to see him, and he wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get a bow, get some arrows, and he did so. So at this point, you know, the king's being obedient here. He's picked, picked up the arrows, you know, he picked up the bow, and he's, he said, take, him, take the bow in your hands. And he said to the king of Israel, we had taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elisha said he shot. And the Lord's arrow of victory, or you want to say, some say deliverance, the Lord's arrow of victory over Aram. Elisha declared, you will completely destroy the, the Armenians at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times, but he stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have had defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. So through this king's action, he, he only, so you're going to see part of the victory. By just stopping with three, and, and when I dwelled about this, I was like, you know, if we was the king and we was told to do that, we'd think, what purpose is in that? And this is for somebody here tonight because I want to really give you encouragement because you're on, on the very edge of victory. Sometimes we pray about things, and sometimes we keep praying, and we keep praying, and we don't see the victory right away. And so we back off on that praying because we don't see the results of that. But in the spiritual realm, things are going on. And you're going to have complete victory just as long as you hang in there, keep pressing forward, don't give up, don't, don't, let it, don't get relaxed in what you're doing, don't get relaxed, you know, and don't get cold. Coming in and going out's the name of my sermon because you have to come into the presence of God to go out into the world, you do. But you take Esau and you take Jacob. The promises were for Esau. When you read that, you know, the blessing was upon him. Basically, the anointing was his. He was the firstborn in the Old Testament. So they, they received all the blessings. When I read that blessing, I'm thinking that's the anointing. And it could have been his. But he could care less about it. 
sitting around a campfire. I'm sure his father's telling him a story, and I could just picture Esau over there just picking his teeth, thinking about what he's going to go out and hunt the next day. But Jacob, he's sitting there hearing about Abraham and all the stories and the promises that God made him. He's thinking, man, why couldn't I have been the firstborn? That's why he was wanting to be the first one out. But Esau didn't want no part of it. In fact, he's out hunting one day, and he didn't care less about the presence of God. So he comes home, and he's hungry. Evidently, the hunting season wasn't very good that season for him. So he sees Jacob, and he says, man, why don't you give me some of your food? Jacob's thinking he's being wise. He says, give me your blessings, and I'll give you this bowl of beans. Of course, Esau jumps right on it, just starts feeding his face. He had no, he didn't want it. No, but David was a powerful king of Israel. He was hungry and he was thirsty for the presence of God he was. In fact, he learned how to tap into the presence of God he did when he was out tending to his father's sheep. He knew how to connect with God. That's why he became a powerful king. That's why the anointing was there. Later on, he becomes king of Israel, and so he's so much desire once the Ark of the Covenant brought into the city because that represented the presence of God in a powerful way. And so they go and they get the Ark, and back then the law said they had to take six steps, offer a sacrifice. Then David, he would do that just as the law said. One time, one man touched the ark when it was kind of wobbled on the donkeys one day. And he got struck down because the glory of God was so powerful that his human body couldn't withhold, couldn't even stand being the presence of the glory of God. But David, they get the ark finally to the city and he's, he's dancing. He's so excited to have the presence of God in the, right there in the city where he's king at. And he starts dancing and his wife's looking out the window and she's, she's angry at him. In fact, he comes in the house and she says to him, says, you know, the maid servants have been watching you out there dancing, making a fool of yourself. You're supposed to be king. But see, David, he's so, he just, he's not focused on that. The presence of God is so important to him that he's rejoicing. In fact, I could just see him say to her, says, you know what, lady, I wasn't dancing for you. I was dancing about this king, this Lord, this God of mine, the the bear that we set in front of the fireplace on. That's the bear that he gave to me. And it's through his power I killed that bear. And that lion's head you see on that wall over there, that wasn't by my hands when I was a kid. That was by the hand of God. And that skull that you make fun of, that was the giant. I took his sword and cut off his head that day. He's excited about that. He was still excited about the victories they had in his life from the past. I'm asking you today, do you remember your victories in Jesus? If you do, give Jesus a praise right now for them. Because through them victories, he's going to bring you through more victories in your life. But 17 years ago is when I went into ministry. Where I said, when I got saved, then I went into ministry, but it all started happening here. And that all started, and I give my wife the thanks, but I give God the glory. Because the first time I walked through these doors, I experienced the presence of God in my life. And He wasn't in my heart yet, but I experienced Him through the people. 
And I say that's very important because if the presence of God wasn't here, I could have just came that day. I could have just sat down that day and sang some songs and went on with her. Say, hey, I went to church with you one time like I promised you I would. Which on that morning I told her, I said, I'll go to church with you if it's raining. I got up, it was raining. I went to work anyways. I tried to get out and work and the lightning would hit and the thunder would roar and shake the ground. I was like, my brother said, somebody's trying to tell you something. So I called her back and I said, I'll go with you. But not only that, it's the people that surrounded me. Each one of them had a part in my life, my Christian walk with Jesus, and that was very important. Everybody. And if they didn't step up to the plate to do their part, Maybe I would have got saved. Maybe I would have just stayed on the back road and remained an alcoholic like I was back then. Maybe I would have just sat there and remained lukewarm in my life. But tell people, hey, I went to church. You know, I go to Oakton. But, you know, and they say, well, what do you do for Jesus? Well, I don't know. I go worship him on Sunday. We have to learn to tap into the presence of God here, then take it out there. If I never learned to do that, I wouldn't have made it through my storms in my life. I would have never conquered the alcoholism that was in my life. I drank for like over 25 years. They had a hold of me. I was in chains. I'd come in the doors. I'd sit on the back road with my head down and weep tears because I thought I was condemned because I wasn't worthy enough to be called a Christian. But Jesus didn't give up on me and the people here didn't give up on me. You know, they very could easily came to me and been judgmental and said, you know what? You're, you're an alcoholic. You're going to always stay an alcoholic, it looks like. Your wife was right. They could have said something like that, but they didn't. They kept saying, no, I'll keep praying for you. Kent and Mark tell me all the time, they said, man, you, one thing was for sure when the doors would open every service, whether it was on a Wednesday or Sunday, your wife would come to the altars with your name. She could have gave up very easily and had every reason and every excuse to give up. I wouldn't have blamed her. I wouldn't have probably been angry about it because I'd look back and say, I would have done the same thing. But she had something. She had something that was powerful. She had that, that faith she did, that supernatural faith, that anointing faith, that presence of God in her life not to give up. I mean, yeah, I'd... I give God all the glory and I give her thanks for that. Well, I read through the word and I've seen revelation, you know, and it seems like that's the time we're in right now is that, that we, you know, when this COVID hit and it hit all around the world and I heard so much from Christians, you know what? Hey, we're right on top of the end times. Jesus is coming back soon. You know, let's rejoice. Let's keep a hold of it. So we're hanging on to our salvation, but we're forgetting about the losses outside these doors. There's so many people out there that, that are filled with fear. I'm in El Dorado Spring, and I've been a pastor there for a few years now. I like it because they don't have the things that we had take for granted. They don't have Internet. They don't have a car. They don't. Lots of times they don't even have a place to lay their head. So when they come in, all, their, all the option they have is Jesus. But we have so many options in our lives that we've become lukewarm. But I look back now, when I became lukewarm in my own walk, I'd be lying to you today if I never have. I'm thankful that the Lord spit me out of his mouth because that's a wake-up call. So now I look back at it, I'm like, Lord, that was a blessing. Man, that really shook my, shook me up at that time, but that, that was a blessing, Lord. 
that he doesn't allow us to remain in that same spot. So how do we, how do we, how can we limit the Lord? The only, the only way you can limit the Lord is within your desire for him. That's the only thing. You know, the parable of the talents, the ones that are given five, then two, then one. The one that was given to one, he took it out and he buried it. You know the story. He didn't know his master. He said, I was filled with fear and knew you'd be angry. See, he didn't tap into the presence of his Lord. And if we can't do it here, we're never going to be able to do it out there. And we'll just get ate up out there and shook up and thrown out to the curb, you know. And I'm sharing this with you today because there are so many people. I, th- I made me a list of names and I was going to name them, but I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid I'm going to forget somebody. But there are so many of you that came around you, around me and invested in me. And you didn't hold back. And I thank you for that. But this is speaking to somebody here that's thinking that what they do doesn't really matter a whole lot. But it does. It's all connected. I had the hardest time in my church. The guy that trims our hedge, you know, hits the bushes and trims the trees and cuts the yard. And we have a salvation. I said, man, you're part of that. Because people probably wouldn't come through the doors if we don't take care of the yard. I said, you're part of that. The Lord sees that you're a part of that. But sometimes we get in our mind and we start thinking in the flesh and we start thinking, well, what I do, I've been doing it long enough. It doesn't matter anymore. Or maybe if this would happen or that would happen. I'm telling you, when the Lord comes back, and we stand before him. The only thing that's going to matter is if we, if we hear these words, good, faithful servant job well done I tell you my biggest fear is standing before the Lord and him saying man Kevin I had so much for you man I had I wanted you to to do this and do this and do that and man these people here and these families you missed here and you missed here you know and I know you had a lot going on but man I really wanted you to reach them that would be my biggest fear and it's like man Lord I, I missed it So the Lord's looking down at you today. And he's saying, he says, I have so much for you. There's so many people out there and you're connected to them. And you're just like a tree grown with branches. You're, you're, you're part of the vine. And you have to do your part before they be, they, they're reached. Whether it's praying or ministering to them or encouraging them. Or just showing love to them. You gotta step up. You gotta step up. And when you do, you'll find life. You'll find life. You'll come alive like you never had before. I'm gonna feel like the Lord's telling me to stop right there. I'm gonna ask Pastor Kent for the altar. And if you're here today and you have a wife or a husband, 
that you so desire for them to be with you in church. I ask that you go to my wife and pray with her. You know. And I'm going to close with this story is that, you know, the disciples, they were with Jesus. They loved him. He resurrected. And he took them and, and he breathed on them and they said they, they received the Holy Spirit. But then he told them, he says, says, go into the city and wait. Go in and wait. He knew that if he sent them out into the world before that, that they wouldn't have the power. So they went into, the, they listened to him and they went up to the upper room and they all there and their family and their, their wives and their kids and they're all praying and, and I, I, I picture probably some of them walked out in that room when after, I mean, I'd be honest with you, after 24 hours, I'd be kind of restless. I'm not a patient man. But then the power came, the, the Holy Spirit came down and it says it came down upon them like tongues of fire. Came The fire came down. And that's what I want to do tonight is, is get that fire, that, that small fire that's in your heart. And turn it ablaze. The Lord wants to turn you ablaze. He wants, he wants you to glow when you go out. You watch, you'll change lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for your presence that's here tonight, Lord. If there's anybody out here tonight that doesn't know him. I'm sure Pastor Ken or I or my wife would be honored to pray with you. Because he loves you and he has a plan for you. Plans of good plans. Plans of victory. Lord, help us not be like this king and just say, you know what? If, if I just have this couple of victories here and there. Or, or if I just experience your your presence, Lord, just here and there. I'll be okay. Let us not get, let's get hungry for you again, Lord. Let's light us on fire again, Lord. Just like I read the book of Acts, Lord, that church was on fire. People were on fire for you, Lord. That the very, the, the sun coming down, just the shadows of the disciples walking down the road, the shadows would heal people. And we know that you haven't taken that, taken that away from people, Lord. It's still ours if we want it, if we desire it, Lord. And we say thank you and we give you all the glory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Sunday I'm preaching on relationship. And as I was studying that word last couple of days, one of the meanings of relationship, when you look it up, the definition's connected. Think about that. And boy, when I saw that, there's a hundred scriptures that comes to my mind. Because a relationship, when we accept Jesus Christ, we're saying we're connected. And when we're connected to God, we can receive everything he preached about tonight. And it's there for the grabbing all the time. And we need to stay connected. But, but even in John chapter 17, you could preach that whole chapter. But there's scripture after scripture after scripture. Lord, that they are one as we are one. Connected. Do you guys realize that we can be one with God just like Jesus was? Because of the blood. Connected.
And it's just all through the word. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness connected, connected. And all things are going to go up, go forward for you. And that's what Kevin was talking about tonight. We've got to stay connected to the source. And, and you're seeing that. The, the people come up. I wasn't making fun of anybody that came up and, and reconnected. Uh, if you don't know the truth, I reconnected during the altar time tonight. said, Lord, I need more of you. Gary Dunn, you got a word? Microphone right here. Kevin, you want to turn it on for you? Wow. I don't know if I can get it out or not. Sometimes you really get into the presence of the Lord, and it's an awesome time. I think that's where I was and am tonight. For what reason, I don't know, uh, except that he wants me to go ahead and, and do what he calls me to do. I guess that's the problem sometimes. I'm not quite sure what that means or what that is. And I've been really seeking his his presence in my life to know, okay, Lord, what's my next step? What, or I, what do I need to do? I got up this morning asking that question, Lord. What do I need to do today? Well, I couldn't see my day was a whole lot different than it would have been if I had not asked that question. But this evening has been different. I praise the Lord that he is always there to to meet me at the point I need to be met at and to give me encouragement to keep on going on and, and, and striving to be better than I was yesterday and than I was today, tomorrow, maybe I'll be better. I don't know. I guess that's a, that's not much of a word, Kent. But it, it is something that he's really been dealing with me about. He's pointed out things in my life that aren't quite like they had ought to be. I'm sure none of the rest of you have a problem like that, but I certainly do. And I praise his name that he is always there to undergird me, and in times like this evening, I really feel his presence in my life, and I, and I praise him for that in Jesus' name. We get connected and we're experiencing his presence. We see these things that need to flake off, and that's what Gary's saying tonight and, and what I'm seeing in my own life. We know what hinders us from from being what we can be, and it doesn't mean we're bad people but if we want more of God, it's not God that's holding back. It's these things we're hanging on to. And when we cut them loose, Lord, how can I be better for you? And it, we don't. it's not by works. But, but I was reading Leviticus 12 there, I think it was yesterday, the do's and don'ts. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Kent, this was, the, the, these things that are asked is teaching us how to be holy. So that when we are in that connection christ covered the sins of leviticus christ covered all the sins in the world but as we connect with him we're like well i don't want to be that prostitute in leviticus 12 i don't want to be this here in leviticus 12 or i don't want to be these things because i want to be like christ christ came to fulfill 
that law. But we, we, we want to live for him because we want more of him, not because we have to, because we want things like tonight. And a lot of times we're hanging on stuff, and some people stayed home tonight because they are hanging on some things, and it kept them from being in the presence tonight. And so, Tracy, you got something on your mind? Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're talking about, I can talk through this. When you're talking about getting deeper, I was thinking about that on the way to work one day, and I thought, you know, I want to go deeper. And some people are very happy with their, their just that shallow, um, come to church kind of thing. And then I saw somebody like taking a pebble and skipping it across the pond. You know, how it just kind of hits a little bit here and there. And I thought, that's what people's, a lot of people's, their Christianity walk is like that. It's just skimming across the top of the water. They don't ever get deep and they don't get very wet or anything. And I said, God, make me a boulder so that I can go down in, go down deep. And we need to do that because it's getting to that point where we're going to be on one side of the fence or the other. And I don't want just to be shallow. That's skipping across there because it's no fun. You need to go down deep. And when you do go down deep, it does change your life so much. When you take that first step, God's there, and his hand is out there saying, one more. Like when your little ones are walking, you know, you set them down. You say, come on, come on, come on, and they'll fall. But that's what God's doing. He says, trust me, just come out just a little bit deeper. I'm not a swimmer, but and with the, with the word of God and with my walk, I want to go deep. Because God's right there with us. And he's saying, come on, one more step. One more step. And we're going to make it. And we're going to make a difference in people's lives. Because this man, and me, and every one of you, if there wasn't somebody who said that, come on, just a little bit deeper. Come on. It's worth the fight. It's worth the, it's worth the, the letting go. Because look where we are. I don't miss that. Don't you look back at pictures. I look back at a picture in an album with me with a cigarette in my hand. And I'm thinking, who is that woman? Because it doesn't even look like me. What a change. And I wouldn't give it up for nothing. So if you are a skimmer, (laughs) get a heavier rock. Well, what Teresa finished up with is where your pastor's heart's at. I see what God wants to do with Oakton, and and I need 50 more of these guys at Oakton. Uh, I need 50 more of each one of you to accomplish what God wants us to do. Uh, We got a sign-up sheet out there for the soup supper that we're going to be ministering to the community. That's a huge thing. Uh, We got the work day that's coming up that... The guys, uh, we think, well, what good does that do? Well, Kevin even preached that in the sermon. I want this place to look good for the Lord. You know, how, how are you stepping out for the Lord? Uh, you know, we're setting TVs in Golden City. We're, we're setting gutterings at Carthage. We're doing things here, tightening doorknobs. But because we want this place to look the best we can. But it's, it's for those that are coming in, again, for, to bring people to Christ. 
But God's got so much. You know, we talked about physical things there, but that he wants to do spiritually across this body and places he wants us to go and people he wants us to save. And and Kevin hit it right on the head. I, I wish every one of you could have went with me where I was at a week ago tonight. Uh, I went to a church service, and and after the church service, I went with a couple to another place, and, man, I saw the pit of hell firsthand. And, and and your flesh wanted to get up and run out of there. And you didn't even want to be around there, but your spirit said, you need to be here. And and there's this is a dark, dark world we live in, and, and there's people that need Jesus. And so that's another reason we press in. Uh, it's going to come to reality 100 years from now, I can guarantee you, because we're going to be setting our destination, but also families and friends that we've talked to every day didn't, did we do something? Did we say something? And so I'm going to uh, close, ask Kevin to close us out with prayer. And if Kevin, if you got any other words you want to say, uh, I'll let you do that. But I challenge you to take out the anointing. I think a lot of people got refreshed tonight. How many got refreshed? Let's give the Lord praise tonight. You got refreshed tonight. And, and anyway, we should take it out. You got anything you want to say or, or pray? Just saying as... Uh... My oldest son called me one day, and he was having a rough day. And, but uh, he was having tears of joy, and I thought something bad was wrong. But what I what he got is he got a word from the Lord about his circumstance that he was dealing with that day. And and then you know, my Lord Lord showed me is that yeah, I brought him to church. He was there, but he he learned. You know, it's our duty to teach our children and our grandchildren how to. Tap into that presence of the Lord. And I think about his day. After I got off the phone with him that day, I thought, what if he didn't know how to do that? You know, he would have been a, he would have been a mess. I don't even know if he would have been able to even go to work. You know, and, and my next boy, I mean, he's, Robbie's, he's 24 and Lord just showed me the other day is that, that, you know, my youngest son and, and I don't, if he hears this, this is okay. But anyways, is that I need to teach him how to tap into that presence stronger. Than he ever has before. Yeah, he's learned it in church. And he's learned it about being around mom and dad, but he needs to learn that to keep walking, to step out further, to make that extra step, you know, and we need to do that. The younger generation, you know, I, I share a lot with my churches. I don't want to hand the, the, the next generation under us or the, under them as, you know, I've gone two generations prior under me, the church in a handbag that's destined for hell. Now it needs to be powerful, just as powerful as it is today and yesterday and tomorrow. And as God won't pull power from us, it's as if we get too relaxed and get too stuck in our ways and think, man, I had my days when I could hear from him, but I, you know, I'm just waiting for him to return. And that's what I want to get across tonight too, you know, and don't give up just because you, you haven't seen a victory. Don't stop. You know what, Jericho, what if they stopped it? Four or five, you know, wouldn't have had that story. The people there in that city would never have been set free. So, dear Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here tonight, Lord. We thank you that hearts are set ablaze tonight as they go out into the world. And I even believe that every time we stop for gas, there's there's a divine appointment for us to search out somebody there that the Lord has placed in our path. What if we looked at every day that way? It could change the way we walk. 
and the way we pray. Because, Lord, I know I'm going to stop and get me, get me a cold, cold pop or cold tea, Lord, but I know you place somebody there. That's what I hated about the COVID. We couldn't go in McDonald's. I'd walk into McDonald's and witness to people. I couldn't do that because they couldn't go inside anymore. So I'd find people in the parking lot. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you, you, you don't have to use us, but you choose to use us. And we thank you for that because of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me.